This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the MAPS Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fit a gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads. Dang, go relax. Still at a champ. Defense still coming with the Calibus flow. The master. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Map Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co host and Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Glatson. Matt, how you doing today? I am excellent. I am excited. Uh, the season's coming up. And, uh, yeah, how are you? I, I mean, I'm doing as good as I can be, man. It's uh, it's almost the weekend. Uh, you know, for a random Wednesday night in December <laughs> before the season starts, you know, we're still about, a, about three weeks away. You know, there was a lot of stuff happening yesterday. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mentioned it to, uh, to both – you and Kirk and our, we, we have this group chat that we just, we're always throwing takes at each other left and right, almost like on a daily basis. And uh, I was just like, you know, this is what I love about the NBA. Like nothing can be happening. You think that everything's just going to be chill until the start of the season and then bam, just content everywhere and <laughs> all at once. It was great. But uh, so we're, we're going to get into uh the Mavs uh, Christmas Day game, which, you know, it's the first time since 2011 uh, after they had won the title and they got, and, you know, sure enough, they were playing LeBron then too. A uh, little bit different situation this time, though. You know, it was almost like the NBA was, uh, was obligated to give the Mavs that Christmas Day game uh, nine years ago where, you know, this time around, uh, there's a little bit more to it than just that. And, and it, it, it probably means more uh, now. But we'll get into the reasoning for all of that. But, Matt, before we get to that later, I want to start out by just – I'm not going to rant, but I just feel like it needs to be said on the podcast and not just on Twitter – that Rashad Phillips guy, he's got to stop. You know, every single time Luca gets brought up as being the potential uh, successor to LeBron for the uh, the face of the league, or you know, just anything along those lines. It doesn't even have to be that. If if Luca has a you know a really good game or something like that, this guy who 
calls himself Yoda, and he was completely wrong about Luca pre-draft. He said he was going to be a bust. He said he should be a second-round pick. You know, during the season, he said Alonzo Trier was going to be a better player than Luca. And Alonzo Trier, as far as I know, isn't in the league right now, or he's not. He's not on a roster. <laughs> so. It just it irks me every time I see him come up on the timeline, you know, spreading BS after you know, given his track record with Luca and being as wrong as he is. It irks me. I mean, I can't help it. I wish I could ignore it. Uh, you know, I had him blocked for a while just so I wouldn't see it. And then, you know, something comes up on my timeline, I see the link that has his little at thing in there, and I'm I get curious and look at it and I'm mad all over again. I I can't help it. Uh, (laughs) so I just, I have a bone to pick with him on that because here lately his thing has been, and it was yesterday, you know, why, why do we think that Luca is going to be the next face of the league? Because he seems to think it's just because the NBA has like this agenda. Uh, you know, Luca is a, a European player and the NBA wants to, expand the brand worldwide even more so than it has already so they're just kind of placing this crown on Luca after LeBron uh, hangs it up and I mean that's just that's ridiculous that's absolutely ridiculous it's it's more so to do with Luca's play if you actually watch the guy that's what it's about he is a stellar basketball player he's somebody his style of play is something that we haven't seen since LeBron. And LeBron himself has said that. But anyway, I'm going to play this clip, Matt, and then I'll get your thoughts. <laughs> but, you know, Rashad Phillips, somebody tag him in this and just have him listen to this clip right here from LeBron. We're going to play this real quick. Luca is one of my favorite players in the NBA today. From the simple fact of, the way I play the game is exactly how I love the way he plays the game. Team first, gets his guys involved. I play for the team, and I'm going to play with a sense of joy. I wanted to begin Team LeBron and have Luka as my first signee. All right. So, I mean, that, that's pretty amazing stuff from LeBron James, and that was on a, a Spectrum Sportsnet exclusive. Uh so, Matt, after listening to that, I mean, that's, I don't think there's anything else to say um, as far as, you know, anybody that thinks that Luca is being handed something for any reason other than he is just a stellar basketball player. What do you think about that? Well, it's more than him being a stellar basketball player. I mean, LeBron also talks about how he likes, you know, everything about him off the court too. Right. Um, Luca's a special player. He's a special person. Um, he's generational. And those players don't come along very often. I mean, you know, there's, there's a, you know, in, in our recent history, there's LeBron James and there's, you know, Kevin Durant for a time and Steph Curry and, and, you know, Luca, and there's probably one or two others, but I mean, they've, rarely come along. So when LeBron says that kind of stuff about Luca, it's pretty obvious, you know, why people are trying to 
um, make him a more prominent part of the NBA's identity. There's, there's no agenda. There's no weird white privilege. There's no nothing like that. It's just Luca is a hell of a basketball player, a generational talent, and he deserves it. He's, he, obviously, he still has to continue to improve and get to a certain point. Right, and he knows that. Right, but LeBron wouldn't want to make him the first member of Team LeBron if he wasn't a special player. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, we're talking about the guy who is in everybody's debate for top two all time. You know, everybody's saying, who's the best all time? Is it LeBron James? Is it Michael Jordan? LeBron, in my opinion, he has a chance to catch Jordan for titles before he before he hangs it up, especially if you know, AD stays in Los Angeles and they keep building and adding talent like they did this offseason to their <laughs> to their roster, which was ridiculous. But anyway, we're talking about a guy who is arguably the best player in NBA history, or he's at least in the debate for most people. And he's talking about wanting Luka Doncic to be the first – I guess, ambassador of his brand <laughs> with Nike. So, and then he mentioned that, you know, his people with Nike weren't quite ready for that. And I'm thinking like, and even LeBron said it himself, like he's probably going to, that, that's going to haunt him going forward, you know, unless something happens sure. and Luca leaves Jordan brand. But I mean, that that's as flattering as it gets. If you're, uh, if you're Luca Doncic, the guy that you idolize, growing up, the guy that you basically molded your game after. And for him to come out and say that, I mean, Luca, he's, he's got to be feeling pretty good today. So. I think so too. And it just, every time Rashad Phillips opens his mouth, it's, it's a laugh, honestly. And look, I don't want to, I'm going to be completely fair with this because I have there on the rarest of occasions. I have seen stuff that he says that that doesn't – it's not always a conspiracy theory. But every time it has to do with Luca, it seems to turn into that. And I just – I can't stand it. I I don't understand. I don't know if he's just mad that he missed – he whiffed so hard on his prediction on Luca, So he has to like – Well, yeah, I mean, look. (laughs) That obviously is playing a role in this. <laughs> There's no way that it's not. He's, he's salty. No, and the funniest thing of all of this, and I, I said I wasn't going to rant, but I, I can't help it. The funniest thing of all of this, every time something comes up with Rashad Phillips, he questions Luca all the time. He basically thinks Luca's just being handed something, that he's not earned it with his play and, you know, his stuff off the court too. But then when he played, I, I think it, I don't know when, I think it was when the Mavs played in Atlanta and uh, Rashad apparently got a credential and <laughs> was in the locker room and he like took a picture, put a peace sign with Luca in the locker room and made a post about, oh, he's so good and he was so wrong and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you talk all this stuff about Luca on Twitter and you question everything with him. But then when you're face to face with him, 
you know, it's a completely different story. And by the way, you're not supposed to take pictures with players in the locker room on credentials. So no, it's very unprofessional and it's pathetic that he did that. I mean, he's just a coward. But anyway, I'm not going to – I mean, this is kind of like out of my realm of pos- positivity. You know, I'm usually in my little bubble, and I have good vibes going and everything. But, I mean, this just had to be said. It's been, it's been annoying me. I needed to get it off my chest. And I think everything we said, even if it's harsh, it's true. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I, I hope uh, – I hope and I'm sure most of y'all agree with that assessment of uh, what we've been seeing from him on Twitter. But anyway, so Luca, he's a badass. He is – he's going to have an amazing third season. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you noticed it, but in the uh, – in his first training camp interview the other day, couldn't you tell that he's a lot more comfortable talking to the media now? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, he's look. This is his third year in the league, so I I think he's um, comfortable in his own skin, and he's adjusted to the NBA lifestyle and the the media scene and all that stuff. And you know, he's look <laughs> the dude. The dude is a stud, and he knows he's a stud, and it shows when he talks. He's very confident. He's very easygoing. I listened – somebody posted a clip uh, yesterday, actually, and it was one of the first uh, – it was a media day press conference, and they were talking about uh, – somebody asked him who he was looking forward to playing, and, you know, that's when he uh, – that's when that came up about LeBron and him uh, – LeBron being his idol growing up and all that. And I was list. I was looking at Luca, and I was listening to that first interview that they had on Media Day, and I was just like, "This is just like complete night and day <laughs> from what I watched uh, from his recent interview this week." He's so much. I mean, he was already confident, but he's much more confident now. Uh, he's grown up, even though he's still only twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, you know, instead of just like having this, okay, I'm. I'm going to get acclimated to the league and we're going to try to get this team back into the playoffs. Now it's just like full throttle. I want to win a championship. You know, he thinks that the Mavs added some of the right pieces to get them closer to that goal, which I agree with, you know, there's a couple of things that we would have liked to uh, like to have added to the Mavs off season. Yeah. But I mean, they had a, they had had a good off season overall. They got a lot better. Uh, the Josh Richardson acquisition is being severely uh, underrated by the national media, in my opinion. Uh, Shocking. Except for the ringer. Kudos to those guys for, you know, seeing the vision there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Luca, he, he's ready to go, man. He, uh, he's coming off a all-NBA first-team season, number four in MVP voting. And, you know, he's going to be starting this season without KP, so he's going to be asked to do a little bit more. And I think this uh, these first few weeks of the season without KP, that's going to be what, you know, really propels him to an eventual MVP season, in my opinion. So I'm excited for it. 
is going to be great. Uh, the season officially starts for the Mavs on December 23rd when they play the Phoenix Suns, which is, you know, they've started the season playing the Suns three out of the last six years. <laughs> so uh, apparently How the league. that, by the way? <laughs> why, why is it always the Suns? I don't know. I guess they're trying to uh, rekindle some of that Dirk Nash uh, Mavs Suns rivalry from back in the day, but it just it hasn't worked out so far. It's been it's actually been severely lopsided in favor of the Suns. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. I, it, I want to play something else. It's weird because the Mavs have been more competitive, but just in that one particular matchup, the Suns have just mopped the Mavs over the last three to four years. So like every time. <laughs> but you know we'll we'll get an early early chance to see just how much uh, the added veteran presence and not just you know veteran presence like JJ Beret on the end of the bench like actual veteran presence on the court with Josh Richardson and James Johnson and uh, we'll see how that helps the Mavs you know in that particular matchup in the first game of the season so they start out in Phoenix on December twenty third. And then, Matt, the moment we've been waiting for, the Mavs are finally playing on Christmas. And not just on Christmas, they got the prime time slot with LeBron James and the Lakers in Los Angeles, uh, 7 p.m. Central. All eyes will be on that matchup. And that's just – that's not just a indicator of where Luka is right now at the early age of 21, but the Mavs as a team overall. that I think, to me, that tells me that the league sees the Mavs as, you know, a potential title contender right now. Because, I mean, I you could have easily seen them doing Lakers-Clippers or, you know, Lakers-Nets with Kevin Durant coming back and Kyrie being on the Nets, LeBron's former teammate. But – they didn't do that. They chose to put the Mavs against the Lakers, LeBron versus Luka, even while knowing that KP was going to be out until January. So that's going to be special. Uh, I'm really excited about it. What do you think about it? Um, I mean, I'm thrilled. I don't – I'm not like – I'm not super happy about potentially having to work on Christmas. <laughs> mostly because of the fact that I think my mom's going to be pissed when I'm, you know, sitting there on Christmas day, watching a basketball game. She she lets me watch the NBA on Christmas. It it drives me crazy, but yeah, now I have an excuse. Anyway, I think it says a lot. Um, I mean, it's crazy that two years ago they were a lottery team or, you know, three years ago now, I guess, since the new season's coming up. And now they're on the verge of, you know, something really special and the league's taking notice of it. Um, you don't just put anybody at the primetime slot on Christmas. Obviously, they, they have a good feeling about the Mavericks, even though, you know, KP's not going to be playing, which is unfortunate. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, they haven't played, I think, since what was 2011-2012 season. Right. The Heat, the year after they won the title. Yeah, and like I said, I mean that LeBron. that was that was more that that was more the NBA was obligated to do that because <laughs> because that the Mavs were in the finals, uh, LeBron and the Heat they were still a, a big popular thing at that point, 
And, you know, the Mavs obviously weren't going to be the same team that they were the year before because, you know, Berea was gone, Tyson was gone. Uh, it, just, it wasn't the same team, but the NBA was obligated to do that because they were the defending champs and uh, they put them in that slot and the Mavs just got absolutely just blown off the court <laughs> on yeah. banner night. So that, that was, that was bad, but I think it's uh I think it's a little bit different this time around. You've got a young up and coming team that's gotten a lot better since last year and they're finally healthy with the exception of KP. Um, and it's in Los Angeles, you know, Luca, he always gets up to play against LeBron, especially in LA. Uh, the Mavs and Lakers have had some really, really fun games uh, last season. They, uh, one of them, the Mavs should have won in Dallas because Dwight Howard held Seth Curry and that wasn't called. And then the Mavs beat the Lakers by 14 in Los Angeles. And every time they got together, it was a fun game. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing NBA Christmas. I uh, like some of the other games on the schedule, but, you know, we're, our main focus is going to be on that primetime uh, Luka-LeBron matchup at, at 7 p.m. Central. So I'm excited yep. about it. And, you know, just looking a little bit further – into the season, you know, there's some potential storylines that that could be coming up. And obviously, Luca, he has some things that he can improve on. He's probably going to be a little bit more consistent with his uh, his three point shooting this year. At least we hope. I definitely think his free throw percentage is going to be better. But are there any other storylines that you're looking at heading into this season that that you know aren't Luca related? Um, because I can I mean, go first because I already have mine. I mean, I, I I I'm pretty set on this. I just for me right now, I just kind of want to figure out what's going to happen in camp. Um, yeah. you know, I, I'm interested to see how the pieces fit together and everything, and what they're going to decide to do. You know, because they're they have too many people on the roster right now. Um. <laughs> And, I mean, I, I don't know if we – I know we've talked about the Berea versus Iwundu, uh situation, even though it shouldn't be a situation. But Definitely. I I, I think – and, look, I might be wrong, but I think it's a pretty good indicator of what's going to happen that Wes Iwundu's, uh two-year contract is fully guaranteed. Both years, fully guaranteed. Uh, whereas Berea, he just signed a one-year deal, and that's guaranteed too. But, you know, if they cut him, they can still pay him and he's not on the books next season. Whereas if they cut it one due, then they're still going to be paying him next year, even if he's not on the team. So right, I, I think it makes more sense when you look, you know, between the lines there. I, I'm hopeful that Iwundu is going to end up on the final roster instead of Berea. But we, we will see, you know, in about a week, I think. <laughs> That's um, yeah, because pre – well, maybe maybe two weeks because we still have preseason too. But uh, my storyline is the Mavs bench mob being back. Because – and look, I don't know if Dwight Powell is going to – start to begin the year or, or what's going to go on. You'd think coming off of an injury like that, I mean, I, he might eventually 
get put back into that starting role. But, I mean, I don't expect him to start from day one. Uh, and he's he's played really well with uh, Maxie and uh, a lot of those bench guys in the past. So, I think the Mavs bench with having Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson, who's healthy again, Dwight Powell, who's healthy. And, you know, from these videos he's posted on Instagram – just watching his movement and everything for a guy that tore his Achilles, he looks really good. Uh, and then you got Maxi and uh, Josh Green and, you know, all these these new pieces to add with him. But I think the bench is going to be really, really good. And you have a good starting five, too. So, I mean, it's a really well-balanced roster. And I think Rick Carlisle is just going to have a, uh, a really fun time this year uh, with his lineups. Because there's, you know, last year they had a really severe depth issue, especially heading into the bubble and into the playoffs. And health permitting, that's not going to be an issue this year. Uh, Even with KP out, this is still a deep roster. And I think they're going to rack up a lot of wins in the regular season. Don't know where they'll end up in the playoffs, but I just – I have a good feeling about it, Matt. I think – I think they're going to have the bench mob back. I think Luca's going to take another step. Once KP gets back right, they're going to plug him in, and it's going to take it to another level. And I'm excited. I I think uh, all things considered, and if all things go well, I mean, I would not be shocked to see this team end up in the Western Conference Finals. So, Yeah. um, Especially given the landscape of the West right now. So yes, but the Dwight Powell thing. While I'm excited he's back, and I think the team really does need him, um, I'm concerned that he's going to be one of Rick's crutches. We all know how like Rick has his guys, you know. Yeah. So I'm concerned that. Powell's just going to come back and immediately be a start, starter. I think that would be a mistake. Well, uh, because, well, hold on. Just because – and not just, like, immediately be a starter, but, like, continue to be, to be a starter throughout the season even after KP comes back. And I think that's a mistake because I think he would be more valuable coming off the bench. I don't think that he's necessarily not – um, worthy of being a starter. But I don't think that the bench would be as effective without him coming off of it. He, yeah. his, I think if I'm not mistaken, and I haven't looked at this in a while, and I could be wrong, so please correct me if I am, but aren't his numbers coming off the bench significantly better as far as efficiency? I think they stayed about the same, but it, as far as the – you know, how the bench produced overall versus, you know, when he became a starter. I think that's that was the main difference. It, it seems to work better overall with him on the bench. And then if you, you know, you see how KP played when he got moved to the five, the full-time starting five after DP went down, and you see how well he played and the Mavs offense didn't skip a beat. It just makes sense to keep KP there and to have Dwight Powell come off the bench where he's been equally as effective, but he also makes the rest of those bench guys better too. So uh, 
Now, you know, that being said, he is a he, – he's an excellent pick-and-roll guy. Uh, and Luca, you know, he, he's better in the pick-and-roll than KP is uh, when playing with Luca. So, I'm sure they'll, you know, mix and match and have Luca play with him throughout the game in certain spurts. But just from a, a starting the game standpoint, I think he needs to come off the bench, not just because he's more effective that way, but also because he's coming back from that injury and he needs to, you know, work his way back into game shape. So that's going to take a while too. I don't think you can just thrust him into a starting spot uh, and expect things to go well. But, right. I, I think that would be a mistake. And he's okay. And he's okay with coming off the bench because, I mean, you saw – I don't know uh, how much you listened to the uh, Brunson and Powell interviews the other day, but, I mean, both of those guys are completely fine with – they said it. They're completely fine with whatever roles – whatever new roles await them. So, uh, that's something you love to hear uh, from those guys. It it puts less pressure on Carlisle because you know if <laughs> – as much as Dwight Powell – uh, means to the team and to the community and everything. If he was saying like, "Oh no, I want to be a starter," you know, Carlisle would probably <laughs> feel obligated to uh, to do something like that. But that's not the case. That's not who Dwight Powell is, and it makes it easy easy on everybody. So I think it'll work out for the best. Yeah, I hope so. Because um, he could be he could be a real integral part of this team. They missed him a lot last year. Um, especially, you know, in the postseason. So, yeah. And this is, this is why re-signing uh, Willie Colley sign, – or, well, signing, because when they first got him, they traded for him. They didn't sign him. But, anyway, this is why signing Willie Colley-Stein to that uh, one-plus-one with a team option deal was a good move for the Mavs because not only is it a cheap contract, but – you know, it's insurance too. He'll get he'll get a chance to show uh, what he's capable of, what he's worked on this off season, and it, it it puts less pressure on Powell to come back and you know uh, he doesn't have to try and produce at that same level he was at before the injury. He can he can take his time and gradually work his way back and. Uh, not have to worry about doing too much now that you have a guy like Kylie Stein who's capable. He just has to put it all together and be, you know, more consistent. So, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's exciting stuff. Uh, like I said, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, the pre, uh, let's see, preseason starts next week, I believe. Does it not? Uh, I think you're right. I think the Mavs' first game is on the 12th or the 13th. Yeah. So <laughs> preseason next weekend, uh, and then. Like I said, opening night in Phoenix on the 23rd. And then two days later, they'll be at Staples Center in Los Angeles, Luca versus LeBron on Christmas. So it's fun. It's a fun time to be a, a Dallas Mavericks fan. It's a fun time for us, you know, being part of uh, Dallas Mavericks uh, Twitter and the media and, uh, you know, doing gamers and all that stuff during the season. It, it's a lot more fun to do that when you have a potential title contender on your hands and you have a guy like Luca, who's so young and still has so much potential. just makes everything so much more fun. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm appreciative of that. I'm ready to get this thing rolling again. But you have any other thoughts before we take off? 
No, not really. Um, I'm just uh, – I'm excited to see what happens this season. I I really think they had a great um, great draft, and um, I think they got a lot better. Yeah, they could have done more in free agency. I've already had my rant on that, so I won't get back into it. But I'm interested to see how this all comes together because it's it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the team – I think the team got a lot better, and that's not even, you know, factoring in if one of these rookies develops and becomes a, a consistent contributor throughout this season. If that happens this year, that's just an added bonus. So – Right. Uh, but, guys, look, we're going to be back on here next week, and uh, we're hoping to have our guy Kirk Henderson from uh, Mavs Moneyball on next week, and we're going to talk about the Mavs offseason a little bit more and talk more about, you know, what's coming up for the Mavs this season with him. And every time we have him on, it's always a good time. So that's what we're planning on next week. We appreciate y'all coming in and listening every single week. Uh, if you haven't yet, subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Uh, if you if you're on YouTube and you like you know watching interviews with some of these players and uh, Mavs HQ people like Mark Cuban, go to our Mavs Step Back podcast YouTube channel and subscribe there. Our goal is to get to a thousand before the season opener. Uh, the last I checked, we were at about six twenty, so we've added about uh, like at least thirty or forty in the last day or so. So you guys are amazing. <laughs> Just keep going to, you know, if you watch it, just click that subscribe button. Every time we have an exclusive interview, you'll get an update on it. We appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days when I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ. Crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains. These days I'm by my chips like a bag of lace. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. Are you real when you say your soul for the fame? I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.